Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 292. Tony here as always, and I had the pleasure to sit down with a friend of mine from the industry. Now we have many friends in the industry on this show, but this one actually goes back way back to high school. One of the first people that I could kind of nerd out with, so much in fact that he brought up some things that even I forgot about from the past. But it's no other than Joe Hubbard of My Geek Scene. Now, one of the great things that I love is seeing people follow their passion, do stuff positive, and have it involve something with the nerd culture that is becoming a huge part of most people's lives nowadays. And with that, My Geek Scene is the go-to place to find where conventions and events and shows of the geek slash nerd culture uh, would be happening. Joe created that, and with that being said, we got into a little bit of the past. I didn't do the research like he does, but that's because I know him. There wasn't much research I had to do. I guess I could say I did research for, you know, the 20-plus years that I've known him, but uh, we won't even go into that. We're not we're not taking, you know, count and, and all that. We're just uh, sitting down and having a great conversation, and it was a really good conversation. Joe is one of the easiest people to talk to because when it comes to subjects such as manga, anime, wrestling, comic books, conventions, everything, he has a passion for it. And with that passion, it's anyone can talk about that ad nauseum. So with that, grab a tasty beverage and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 292. An interview with Joe Hubbard. I mean, that would just be... What do you think of the current political climate? Humanity's doomed, no matter what. Next question. Yes. Okay, so... I did start already. Did you? Yeah. So that's a good segue into this show. What, that humanity's doomed? Yeah. That is That is so you. That is the type of... I don't know, mental... Not fortitude. What the fuck's the correct word? Just your your being, your... I don't, I don't want to say... My general so, disposition? Yes. Yes, that's... that's uh, that's, that's pretty funny because like and when I was managing the current political climate I don't mean like who's in office I just mean just in general um, yeah politicians generally don't care about the general public no, or at least it seems like that or those in power should I say and I'm not trying to be some conspiracist uh, about things like that it's just I feel like if they took the effort to really improve the quality of life for everybody and I just mean worldwide I don't foresee any reason why we should have um, starvation, homelessness, and well, you're re- you're you're real. I mean, that's Joe. That's who you are. That with a, a touch of cynicism, since a touch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why I do what I do with my website because I use it as a positive, cathartic. Well, that's what I was gonna say. It's a release. What you do is the exact opposite of. I mean, and almost, I don't want to paint you as, like, a very, like, down in the dumps, like, oh, no, shit, fuck. just, yeah, fuck, fuck everything. But it is a different take on your personality 
with what you do, my geek scene, which is a big chunk of what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about you a bit today. We're just going to bring to light, you know, some fun stories, some stuff we used to do in the past because I've known you for, for years on end. And, and so when I tell people you are who you've always been, that is a true statement. I try to be as um, real as possible. However, it's like the positive cathartic thing. That's another aspect of my personality. I generally, um, minus hiccups here and there, I generally have a great time going out to conventions and talking with people, taking the pictures and interviewing guests and stuff like that. And no, I'm not doing the spiel portion of this. Uh, should I Dirk Manning this and uh, put this <laughs> okay. over my face so you can't see it? And no, Dirk, I'm not not trash talking. Yeah, just I don't. I know this is a podcast, but I don't want people to somehow imagine my face. So please, no pictures. <laughs> I just see my nose, and that's about it. Um, but well, no. let's get into this spiel. Tell us, uh, tell us your your like thirty second comic book pitch of what my geek scene is. Well. My Geek Scene is... No, I'm just kidding. MyGeekScene.com is my website. I run a positive geek culture website for Michigan. I I guess I'm a fan journalist. Um, I go all over the country taking... Not all over the country. All over the state of Michigan taking photos of events, writing reviews of the um, conventions that I go to. I try to conduct very engaging interviews with some of the guests. And on my website, I have a very extensive events calendar of geek events all throughout the state of Michigan that you can get directions to the venue from my website. So I don't cover just strictly comic book conventions, comic cons, anime conventions, steampunk, toy shows, furry events, the few ones that I've gone to, renaissance, uh, just you, if it's with pop culture, geek culture, those are the sort of events that I like to include on my calendar. Not your weekly, let's get together and sit down for gaming, because if I put that on my calendar, I'd be flooded with nothing but that. And would you really want 50 random people showing up to your house uh, <laughs> because they found out about your event from my website? I don't think so. Well, what, Was that 30 seconds? Oh, it was more than 30 seconds. Crap. I, I, I wasn't going to cut you off with the Make, buzzer. You're on a roll there. I was like, wrap it up, kid. Wrap it up. We got. I got business to do. <laughs> One of the... Well, what made you feel like cuz that's a huge like like bubble like of all encompassing everything within Michigan like for us we came up with our podcast because we love drinking and we love comic books a little bit simpler which kind of can spill off in it we try to make it be everything i mean i've talked to anime before some people i've gone to the renaissance fairs and like just talk, like, not as professional as Drunk on Comics, but we'll talk about it on the show because everything is a little bit of everything within geek and nerd culture, but you take it to, like, you very much are taking every single aspect of it, and that's a big undertaking. Like, did you initially say, I want to do everything, start off small? How did the idea come about to what you have now? You mean, like, how my geek scene came about? Yes. All right, well, before I, answer, I, I wanted to be wordy and talk a little bit more <laughs> instead of just asking that simple question. Well, before I answer that question, I have a question for you, sir. Okay. Do you, so do you remember a long time ago when um, it had been some years that you and I, had, we had met up at Billy's down in Easttown. Yep. And we talked about comic books and stuff like that. And I was probably gave you a 10-minute spiel about Berserk the manga. I yep. don't know if you remember that. Have you read Berserk yet? Nope. Oh, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I am disappointed. Yeah, there's still time, sir. That manga's still going on 30 years later. You know, I would highly... Do you even read manga? 
That's that was my next thing I was gonna say is no, I don't. Okay. Uh, I mean, I I love watching anime though. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I haven't gotten into mangas that much, and there are comic book shops that have some of it. Yes, but there's so much of I don't know what to choose. That's that's a daunting um, task actually. Um, if I was, I would put Berserk in one of my top five mangas of all time. Uh, the guy takes very, uh, Kentaro Miura takes long periods or long hiatuses between, um, chapters and stuff like that. He's been working on this for 30 years. Damn. 30. There's only, I want to say 38 volumes. If you're working on something for 30 years, um, generally you would have a lot more than 38 Volumes like case in point, uh, Naruto. That's a very popular uh, series. Still is. Uh, Masi- uh, I want to say Masashi Kishimoto, the author of that, worked on that series for over fifteen years, created over seven hundred chapters for it, and it ended up totally being like seventy-two volumes over fifteen years. That was him putting it on a weekly basis. Kentaro Miura, I think he was always like bi-weekly and then it was just like monthly (laughs) and then now now it's like whenever but like Naruto oddly enough and I'm not ashamed to say it I recently purchased the entire series in three massive box sets cost me $319 but if uh that's actually a steal because most um uh Shonen Jump mangas the volumes are about 10 bucks a pop so 72 times 10 and I paid 319 plus tax and shipping. I say I got a stellar deal on that. But anyways, back to Berserk. It's an amazing series that um, they're like, well, why don't you talk about yourself? No, I'm talking about one of the sweetest mangas of all time. <laughs> um, it's basically a dark medieval fantasy revenge story about the main character. His name's Guts. And this dude gets screwed over like through the majority of his lifetime and like he finally finds a group that he can call family and then he gets the ultimate betrayal that's all i'm going to say about that and he's going on a revenge quest and the thing is it's not your typical um uh manga style this it's not drawn in your typical typical manga style um not a lot of comedy thrown into it It is a very serious and violent series but the artwork is amazing this guy is so detailed in his artwork that you look at him like wow you really didn't need to put this much into it but i'm very appreciative of the work that you do it's just it's mind-blowing and like if you like dark medieval fantasy and stuff like this this is the series for you it's just especially the golden age arc oh boy i forget but when you read the whole just if you read the whole entire golden age arc to when it uh, stops. You can still go on. You'd be like, wow, that's amazing. I want to see how this ends. So I want to say volumes 1 through 13 or something like that. Do not quote me on that, but the Golden Age arc for that is amazing and it's still going on and this guy's artwork is just getting more and more detailed and I'm like, how are your hands not a gnarled mess? I mean, <laughs> are you familiar with Jeremy Bastion of uh, Cursed Pirate Girl? I've heard of that book, yeah. Uh, that dude's artwork is very detailed, too, on a different level. But, yeah. Berserk, I would highly recommend that. Sorry for my spiel, but I would, um, I, I can point you in the direction of uh, some of the art pieces from that, and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. I know it's not a good illustration illustration for an audio podcast. So, 
So how did my geek scene come about? Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you were gonna say, "Well, when we were talking about this, <laughs> light bulb went off." No, not even close. <laughs> that was not even close. That was like years later. Um, that was just though. Growing up, having other friends that you could talk about geek stuff, and mm-hmm. and that's the thing. It's like when we were growing up, we didn't really. No, it's not. It's sad if it's like one of those back in my day sort of thing. <laughs> but when we were growing up, we didn't really have that. Um, we didn't have like the internet to connect us with people as it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, there was forums you could go to, and yes, there was some conventions here and there, but. At the same time, could you really reach out to someone online, you know, like, hey, you know, uh, when's the new Berserk chapter coming out and stuff like that, as you can with now. We were in college when Gmail first hit in that age range to where, yeah, before that, you had to have an AIM, like, instant messenger. Yeah, yeah, I had that, too. I know those things. So, like, yes, there was some technology. It's a hell of a lot better now to be connected no Facebook. I mean, that started also uh, 2006-ish, a little bit before then, uh, which has really blown up how people can interact with each other. So before, you had to kind of know each other's phone numbers or meet up with them at a bar and then just talk nerdily. Yeah, I don't know how we met up like that day. We just ran, I think we ran. You and me have run, ran into not seeing each other. So back in back in the day when we were at youth group together, we'd see each other at least once a week. And then there was a good span of we didn't see each other for like a year or two. And then we saw each other randomly like once or twice a year. Just, uh, hey, what's going What are you doing here? And we'd chat for like a half hour, hour, and then be on our merry way and then mm-hmm. repeat. Yeah, that's. I just remember like I had to like yell at you loudly over the music at Billy's yeah. Lounge. <laughs> you know, trying to talk about Berserk. Like, and I was super animated about that. Um, no pun intended. Because Berserk is an anime, uh, but I would highly recommend sticking to the manga. Jeez, Joe, stop talking about Berserk. I will. All right. <laughs> anyway, so how my geek scene came about is... such a good impression of me. <laughs> no, not even you. It's just like the people <laughs> like, oh, wrap it up already. God. It's got a hard on for Berserk. <laughs> Hand gestures that you can't even see. Um, nonetheless... Uh, so how my geek scene came about. My geek scene, oddly enough, I was at an anime convention called JFAX um, when it used to be out at Grand Valley every year, and that was my event to go to every single year, JFAX. Um, this is, um, I would plan my work vacation around JFAX every year. I I don't know how I knew, I found out about it, I found out about it through a friend, I know that much, and when I went there, I was like, oh my goodness, and this is before, like I said, with the massive, uh, not before the internet, period, but like how connected it made everybody, and I was like, oh my goodness, wow, there's conventions for people that like anime and manga, this is amazing, um, it was just this free event out at Grand Valley for 19 years, now it's down at DeVos Hall, um, not free anymore, but that doesn't bother me so much. I'd gladly pay to go to that event. Uh-huh. Um, but I was like, this is amazing, and I hate my current job. And I was like, there's... So-. And on the last day of my vacation, um, after JFX, because I really enjoy JFX, I said to myself, it's like, something's got to change. It's like, I don't... I'm not going to go into detail about my current job. Please don't ask me. Uh, kayfabe, brother. Kayfabe. I'll cross that off my list. Yes. Um... <laughs> I still don't like my current job. Um, No, it's okay. It's just I don't like dealing with certain individuals. 
That's like life for most people. I mean, like, certain individuals of the general public, you know, that waste our time. There's your cynicism. <sighs> Let's get to your positives. <laughs> well, yes, I'm getting to that. And I said, something's got to change. And I was, like, really stressed out about it. And then, like, on my birthday, which is July 2nd, which was the actual last day of my vacation for that year, it dawned on me. I was like, oh, my goodness. Maybe I should create a website. And, like, I had never, ever had, like, thoughts of this before. And I was like, huh. And I was like, I molded over. And then that just, that idea just kept gnawing at me and gnawing at me and gnawing at me. And it's like, you need to do this. You need to do, make the effort, do something. And I've never had inspiration like that on any, any level. Granted, yes, I have inspiration. Like you're hungry, get up and go eat. (laughs) Stuff the food, all the foods in my mouth. You know, I'll do that. But I was like, wow, I, I have to do this. All right, fine. All right, let's 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 go do this. So, I started, you know, uh, talking to some people, asking them what they thought about that. They're like, "That's great. You should do that. You should totally do this." And I was like, "Yeah, there's. I don't think there's anything that's been done like this on what I'm hoping to do. Like, a I was trying to make a one stop shop for geek culture in Michigan. I didn't see anything like that. Granted, yes, there are plenty of people who do the same thing." that I do, you know, go do event coverage. But I was like, maybe I can find out all the events and list them all in one area. So that way people, because it's always like in the past, it's always been difficult for me to find out about events. Mm -hmm. I had to find out through word of mouth or maybe random internet searches. And I figured, why am I doing the gestures? You know, it's like we're on video, but it doesn't matter. Um, But I digress. (laughs) I figured like, why don't I just put all the events into one area and that's where people can find stuff and try to make it easier for people. And then I didn't even have any ideas of, like, interviewing people. It's like, maybe I can go to events, take photos, write a review about an event, and then um, uh, have the Geek Events calendar. I used, And I was going to – I met up with this one dude who was going to build a website for me, a WordPress website for 500 bucks, and I was – uh, with a classmate, I told him, uh, I was like, I, sorry, dude, I got to cut off a lunch early. He's like, what's going on? He's like, I got to go uh, do, I got to go meet with this guy to build a website. And then I told him my idea. And my friend Scott, um, who the guy I was talking to, he's like, I can build you. I can teach you how to do that. And I'm like, what? Huh? I was like, well, I already agreed to go talk with this guy about this. You know, I'll do it. I'm at least going to keep my word. Went, had the conversation with this dude. Um, uh, and ultimately decided to not go with him. He was going to charge me $500 to build a WordPress website. And that's fine. Good on him. But my friend Scott taught me how to do that. Scott's been my mentor. Scott Krieger, you're an awesome dude. Um, he works at People Design. He does fantastic work. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will ask you this then, not to interrupt, but I am going to interrupt and, and say... But I have a funny story, though. I mean, like a funny thing about w- that. Word, WordPress for you now. Mm-hmm. How familiar are you with it? Like I have basic understandings of WordPress. Like I have like a uh, I took a copy of a theme and made a child theme with Scott's uh, uh, guidance and have customized it. I really need to really do need to update the site so I can have the logo on it. See, there's some things where it's it's good. It's like WordPress is great for some beginners, and there are some things where they can just like talk you right through there's other things you can do within wordpress and then there's just straight up like websites where people can design them mm-hmm. and there that is a big learning curve for people that want to delve into doing stuff like this wordpress is daunting you have i mean i had to learn some basic 
coding. And, you know, I found that very interesting. I never even thought that I would have found coding interesting. But um, I was actually one click away from purchasing a Squarespace website license for a year. Because it's, you can, from what I understand, you can easily modify it compared to WordPress. WordPress, like I said, is a beast. But I ultimately decided to go with um, WordPress. And I, outside of the few mishaps of me accidentally tanking my site from time to time, <laughs> but having Scott save my ass, um, it's been wonderful. But I'm glad I've went with Scott because he's helped me out so much. And I, I would have not been as far without his guidance because he never ever tackled on a project like this before because um, he usually just works for just general companies and stuff like that. He's never worked with anyone who was designing a pop culture thing. But what I was going to say, the story about it is the guy that I originally um, turned down, I'm glad I turned him down long term because recently earlier this year, he got busted for, um, <laughs> uh, he got busted for filming, I mean not filming, putting hidden cameras into the shower room of his apartment that he was sharing with roommates. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, could you imagine? I mean, like, granted, I would have, how was I supposed to know that? But people would uh, guilt by association, which is, I feel is a little stupid in itself. Like, well, you knew that person. You're a bad person too. Oh, come on now. You know, if that's the case, no one's truly innocent. But I know, I know you, so I'm not innocent. Yeah, far from it. Likewise. Um, And vice versa. But, I'm glad I decided to go with Scott because it's been very fruitful, and I meet up with him from time to time when we um, go over things and how to, he's trying to help me grow and stuff like well, that. Well, fellas, your your website is leaps and bounds ahead of ours. That's mainly because no, 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 no. You guys at least have a banner. I have like my geek scene in white letters in the upper left. I corner. found a theme that had a banner that I could put one up. It's not that my website doesn't even have my logo on it for crying out loud. I like the logos plastered all over like the the pictures and the audio and st- I mean the interviews and stuff. But man, no, not even close. That's why I'm looking at a new theme, and there's some things I want to change to make it easier to navigate my site. I mean, my site's fine for what it is, but it definitely needs to improve. But Next question, Zody. I don't really have questions. I just have conversations. And where it goes, oh. if you're done with conversing. Oh, oh, so we're just, oh, I thought this was the portion where I just did my spiel and then, like, I wait for questions and we're going to sit awkwardly and, yeah, I didn't prepare for this at all. <laughs> no, I can, I can make it. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'll tell you this. I didn't prepare for this at all because I never do. And this is something that people should know about you. When you do your interviews... You have notes, you have tried to find questions that people haven't asked uh, the people that you're interviewing. See, now, you haven't really been interviewed, so I can ask you anything because, well, you haven't been interviewed, so I didn't need to do that type of research. I've been interviewed twice. Oh, shit, well, I hope I don't repeat any of those interviews that they've done before. Well, one by this... Actually, I've been interviewed three times. by that random One by that random group that I... <laughs> at an event last year that was just hitting me with random questions. I'm like, what? Okay, fine, we'll go with this. Uh, by you, by the Grand Rapids Comic Con. Um, and by the way, sir, if you're going to interview somebody, send the link to them. I had oh. no idea that that interview had even surfaced until Cassidy, Ray Warner, I know who's a good friend of ours, shared it on her Facebook page. I saw that. I was like, oh, that was the one that I was in. Oh, I'm going to go listen to this because I would have plugged the hell out of it, but I found out about it at the last minute. Sir, you're supposed to share that stuff. Do a follow-up. Oh, I know, but (laughs) that was also the time when I had to do that, edit it all, 
put it on the website on a Sunday before then leaving for four days on the road for working thirds. And then when I meant to say, hey, Joe. <laughs> Copy and paste, sir. Copy and paste the link. Send it in a Facebook Messenger. That's all you had to do. And I would have gladly plugged the hell out of it. you know. But I did listen to it. And, I, and I'm actually glad that I was on that podcast with you with three pretty cool people. Um, Cassidy, Travis McIntyre, and Dirk Manning. Yeah, Dirk Manning's okay. but um, <laughs> That's why we always stick him at the end. Two people and a half, can just turn off. Two and a half cool people. Because, like, Dirk Manning, nah, I don't know about that guy sometimes, you know. Yes, he writes comics. Well, here's I've never thing. seen his face. When when doing interviews for us, I've always had it just of a, it's carefree. We're, we're just doing this as if. I'm just talking to someone without a microphone, and it would be just normal. These are normal the happenstance. That's how I I approach interviews. You have a little bit more, uh, like, my method. professional. You're more professional than us. Let's let's say that because you do research, that makes you more professional than us. Yeah, but I do. But the, the, that's the thing is, like, when I'm doing my interviews, yes, I have my questions there, but I do like to have uh, conversations with the person, and when they see that I've done my research and stuff like that, they're like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Oh, he's not asking me the same questions as everybody else. They tend to open up a little bit more, and I tend to get a little bit more time. Um, no, I generally, if I'm interested in interviewing a guest, I do about, I used to say two to six, but actually it's more along the lines of like two to eight hours, sometimes a lot more than eight hours on each guest. On each, if there's a person in a like say for instance if it's a musical band I will do at least two hours of research on each and every individual so I can at least come up with questions for them you know um, instead of like let me just talk to the vocalist nothing about the vocalist so the people in the background will just stay in the background no I want to engage each and every one of them and um, when I'm listening to all these other interviews for research purposes I generally have to listen to Nine out of ten times, the same interview, asked with the same questions, just asked by a different person. And granted, yes, that's great for research purposes for me. It's It gets monotonous. Like, I, I will pop on a podcast and I'll work on other stuff and just listen and listen. I'm like, yep, I already know that. I already know that. Oh, great. Oh, that's a new thing. Let me write that down and see if I can explore that, um, that item elsewhere and just do some research on that. So that even prolongs, uh, that extends, prolong and extend are the same thing. Um my research process. So I've actually sat down and timed myself. I should, and I'd be surprised at how much research I do. It's ridiculous, but it ultimately pays off in the long run because I've had some pretty cool, engaging interviews with guests. I don't know, I'm at, granted, yes, this is a comics audience, but for uh, the anime fans out there, uh, there was a voice actor name, voice actor who's going to be in the upcoming Spider-Man game, um, for the PS4, his name's Yuri Lowenthal. He plays Peter Parker in this upcoming game. He's a well-known and well-respected voice actor. Um, last year at Yomacon, I was only supposed to do a 15-minute interview with him per his request ahead of time through the guest relations channel. I'm like, that's fine. I had a bunch of stuff already researched on him, researched on him, and um, the guest I was interviewing before had put me over, said a very kind thing about me, uh, about my interview to Yuri, and Yuri's like, oh, okay, cool. So Yuri sat down and was like, sir, 15 minutes, you want me to cut off? He's like, nah, we, we could do 20 and cut it off. I'm like, okay. We ended up doing 31 minutes uh, because he was so engrossed in that interview, and it was very fun, and, like, 
it was a back and forth conversation and he was really impressed by the amount of um, research I did and he even said he was disappointed when I told him that I was out of questions you know because I was like well we gotta wrap this up he's like no really he's like no 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 let's answer the rest of these I was like oh my god it's three questions and it was the usual my usual three questions are you know what can you talk about how can fans reach out to you and what would you like to say to your fans you know I have like set questions but then the rest I like to have questions lined up and ready to abandon them just in case but Yuri's been pretty cool I would highly recommend checking out that interview I designed my interviews that if you don't want to watch them on YouTube you can always listen to them in the background you know Steve Bloom sorry I don't know if people know um, what Cowboy Bebop is but it was one of my favorite animes of all time Steve Bloom is and it's a very iconic anime Steve Bloom is the voice of Spike Spiegel the main character from that if you've never watched anime, I would highly recommend Cowboy Bebop. It's 26 episodes, self-contained story, done. So, I found out that Steve Bloom liked doing impressions of Harvey Firestein. So, we did shitty Harvey Firestein impressions together <laughs> mid-interview. And I, how many times can he say he's done that with a person that he's interviewed? Now my interview's featured on his website, and I'm like, nice. That's cool. Well, what's, it, it, when it comes to interviewing people... It is a delicate ballet of, you don't need to always have research, like I don't always, but you do, but it's really the approach, it's the coming up, it's the the coordinating of how it's going to be, because some people love to talk, and some people, Dirk, <coughs> and then other people, they, you know, it it's, you got to be more subtle. We've had um, very good um, opportunities by slowly at some conventions where we're there all three days and at night at the bar the first night oh hey nice to meet you we'd like to do this no you're busy we'll come back later and that slow burn of like the next night hey you know i just didn't know if you had time or anything no and usually by that third night they're like god these guys didn't pester me they you know just introduced themselves they let like it's it's that you know kind of becoming friends with them some people like that some people wanted will like gladly do the quick you know five minute plug uh other people want a better intimate setting you know with no noise in the background what do you feel what's your favorite of that because i can't really tell actually no my favorite is when we're doing it over drinks because of drunk on comics do you have a certain setting where you like it? Do you like it on the con floor interviewing people, or is it just kind of up to the guests? It's For me, it's like I would prefer to have a nice, quiet room to get rid of outside interference and distractions. It's I've done them on con floors. I generally don't like to if I can help it, or if I have to do it on a con floor if it's before the event or directly after the event where everyone's going away. Fine. I would prefer to have a sit-down with the guest at a table, I have my questions out, and just have a conversation with them. Uh, I don't like having those interviews where the guest just does their spiel, their promo. Because, like, for me, it's like, I would rather not do that interview. Granted, yes, I'll give you an opportunity to plug your stuff. But if that's all we're going to do, I'm not interested in your uh, doing an interview with you. I don't care who you are. I, I Granted, yeah, I could uh, have you on and I could probably get big numbers from that. But if it's not going to be fun for me, I really don't want to do it. Yeah. That's, that's annoying to me. I could easily go up to Stanley and ask him the same questions as everybody else. They're like, all right, Stanley, just plug away your stuff. Dot, da, dot, da, dot, da, dot, da, dot. And like, oh, that's good. We'll call it a wrap. And this is going to get me big numbers. Yeah, for some people that works. But for me, that sucks. That's one of the worst interviews when they just, you can tell the guest is going through the motions. They're dead on the inside, you know, and I, I hate that. I want to bring out things. I want to, with the wrestling term, I want to make the guest pop like, oh my goodness, this dude's done his research. Wow. 
all right, I actually have to pay attention to this interview, and now I'm engaged. Now I'm having fun, you know, for the majority of the guests. There have been some guests, only like two, that have sucked. Three. Three have sucked completely. Um, one of them whose interview has never seen the light of day, and I won't say who it is. It was an artist that I respected. Who was your Who was your favorite? Yuri Lowenthal is definitely up there. Okay. Tyson Reinhardt, who's a anime voice actor, awesome one too. He's a, that was the first time I ever bonded with a guest mid interview. Like I had questions set aside. Um, we were going over this, and then we just had a long conversation, and it was fun. We even, we high fived mid interview, and it was we clicked right off the bat. Steve Bloom's another one, and I don't interview just strictly anime voice actors and stuff. I interview comic book artists, writers, people in the geek community, video game music bands. Uh, there's this awesome band from Jackson called Wesley and the Crushers, and they're a pos- they're a positive geek culture band too. I would highly recommend them. But I'll tell you this right now. Fun fact, the very first interview that I ever did that I ever mentioned my geek scene, because my first website actually wasn't mygeekscene.com. It was michigangeekevents.wordpress.com. So I had, it was a free WordPress thing. I already had in mind that, yes, like I mentioned earlier, I want the calendar of events all in one place. I'm glad I switched over to my geek scene. The very first interview I ever conducted, and if I would have never done another interview ever again, I would have been completely happy, was James O'Barr of The Crow. That was like, they always say, like, don't meet your heroes, but like, that was a guy that I always wanted to meet and just say, thank you for this comic book. I meant, well, thank you for The Crow. Oddly enough, like, I'm more in love with the movie than I am with the comic book. I know that's blasphemous to some people, but I certainly enjoy the comic book. I found out about the movie way before the comic, mm-hmm. and then I read the comic while in high school and stuff. So I was very thankful. I just wanted to say, hey, that's what my tattoo's based on, and I wanted to go. I wanted to meet him and go, thank you, sir. I appreciate all that you've um, uh, all that you've done for me. The crow had a very huge imprint on me. Well, you know, you this is something that did cause a little bit of uh, strife between us. You let me borrow um, your your trade of the crow uh, back in high school. And I lost it, and I couldn't find it. For you a lost year, it? Oh for my god, I forgot about that. And then you kept bugging me, and I kept like not wanting to see you because I'm like, I don't know where it is, and I'm searching all over my room. Then I eventually went out and finally found it at one of the local uh, comic book shops because I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> it was so hard to find. Finally, bought a new one and that I gave to you uh, back because I felt like shit that. You love this book. I knew how much you love this book. You told me that when you let me borrow it and say, don't lose it. (laughs) And then I lost it. I don't think I was super pissed at you about it because, like, um, I ended up uh, getting another copy myself. Yeah, well, yeah, that was also the thing, too. You ended up buying another copy... And I think you told me that after I searched days and nights. Well, how was I supposed to know? You didn't communicate this to me. That's because I was afraid to talk to you then. <laughs> oh, that was it's all good, dude. And oddly enough, like I ended up buying another copy of it, like the final updated version that James had went back in and put mm-hmm. in some more artwork and stuff like that. Um, so, yes. And he asked me, he was like, "Why didn't you? Why don't you have the this one?" I'm like, "Well, because I couldn't find it in time, you know." So, uh, but the thing is, so. I really wanted to interview him, and that was, like, the only person. Like, I did, like, a few hours of research, not as well in-depth as I am now, but I did my research, and I asked him about interviews. I come back Sunday. So I had scrambled to get a video camera um, and an audio recorder that I borrowed from two separate groups, and my cousin Christian, 
um, had taped this whole thing. And James flat out said to me before the interview, he goes, if I have to say Google it three times during this interview, the interview's over. And I was I was like, is he joking? And I was like, no, he's not. I'm just treat this seriously. And um, I started, you know, when I started off the interview, I said so many uhs and ums. And if you would have did a drinking game to the amount of uhs and ums that I did, you would have had alcohol poisoning by minute two. <laughs> um, and there it goes. I threw it an um right there. I'm very proud of that interview besides the uhs and ums because I w- my claim to shame is I've had the longest one-on-one interview with James O'Barr still to this date on YouTube um, at 27 minutes and 28 seconds. He gave me time. Like it, The question started off weak at first, but then we actually ended up going into a conversation. I was picking his brains about... It was generally about the crow and music and stuff like that. But I didn't ask him stupid questions like, what's the crow about? Because I've seen interviews where people are like, what's the crow about? Really? You're going to have the author of the crow and you're going to ask him that question? You know? That's the one you're going to come up with? You know? So... I did my research and it paid off. And if I would have never done an interview ever again, I would have been happy about that. So the ones that I'm, you asked me what my favorite interviews are. Well, I would say James O'Barr for that reason alone. Um, Yuri Lowenthal, Tyson Reinhardt, and um, Steve Bloom. I'm very proud of all of those interviews. And I like, I could show those off as, not the James O'Barr one. Well, James O'Barr, besides the uhs and ums, I can show them off like, look, I can have a conversation with these people and get information out of them that most people normally wouldn't. Granted, that interview is a little outdated now because, you know, the Crow reboot is still in limbo and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, they say, here's something new every other week. Yeah, but I can at least say I've had that conversation with him when he's talking about all these things that he generally has not talked about, and it's fun, you know. Fun for me. I'm proud of that. Well, that's what, uh, it just reminded me of one of the first interviews that we ever did was with Jim Starlin. Ooh. And how we got that, I still, it was just randomly, it was awesome. He's the kind of creator that, like, I would geek over, um, and it happened, and it was one of our first interviews. We've done, since him, many other people that I enjoyed for different reasons, but you kind of brought it up of meeting kind of your hero, he was kind of one of them within the comic book realm um, that was early in our career of Drunk on Comics of doing interviews. So it's, I don't know, we're twinsies, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, but I'm also hesitant to meet some people that I, whose work I really admire because what if they turn out to be a jerk? You know? Yeah, true. You know, and that, that sucks. Because I had that happen to me recently with a guest who shall remain nameless. Fortunately, that person wasn't one of my heroes. But I was just like, really? Oh, come on now. Really? Maybe if you'd done the voice of the character as you were being a dickhead to me, that might have softened the blow a little bit. I'm not going to say who, but I was just very disappointed overall. And Well, I- what's what's great, too, is when you have those people um, that you can always call on, that you can always interview whenever you need to. Um, you know, the, all the people at Source Point Press, you know. I know you know some of them over there. Oh, my God. Travis McIntyre. Uh, when I said one of the worst guests that I've ever interviewed, that would be definitely <laughs> Travis McIntyre. And um, he's not even a comic book uh, artist, but, yeah. You know, I would always... Ref- <laughs> yes, uh, when I was referring to... From now on, whenever I have a guest that I don't like, I'm going to refer to them as Travis. Okay. So <laughs> He will enjoy that. He loves hearing his name. I will be. I was Travis McIntyre by this guest. <laughs> I've had two fun interviews with Travis, and unfortunately for me, um, and it's not a slight against Travis because he's not like a well-known name against the, for the rest of the world, those videos have gotten very little views, you know? And that's a shame because... 
like I love because again he's part of my con family of people that I would consider you know like a brother and we start whenever I'm just gonna k- quick get an update on what's going on it turns into a half an hour hour of us just chatting over a microphone of shit that I wasn't even thinking about talking about and that's how I thoroughly enjoyed your uh, interview with him yeah it always yeah. it always goes that way and that's what I love because we see each other you know I could call him up anytime and go over to his house but he lives you know half half a state away but when we get to these conventions when we see each other that's what I love doing and so what I was gonna say is with Dirk we call him all the time. Hell, half the time he'll call us to do some promotion. He is the promotion king out of anyone. One can learn how to. And and one of the things after a while, I started learning. I wanted to do something different with him, where it, it is the same. You know, you could hear who he is. Our our listeners on the show know exactly who he is. He's been on multiple times, but with him, uh, I've tried to do a different approach every time I interview him. Uh, at Motor City last year. I told them ahead up, like, this is what I want to... I like setting up sometimes some, some you know, gags and this and that. And I go, I'm going to ask you some questions, but they're going to be nothing about your comic book, and you're going to want to keep coming back to the comic book. Yep. And that what was... a shocker. That was the only scene that I, I told him about. So he would, like, bring it back full circle of, like, in my in my comic book, uh, you know, is really, you know, about this. And I'd be like, well, you know, before we get there, you like some brain food. Like, what do you like eating? And he'll just look at me like, oh, well, I like eating tacos, which, which was... One of my characters, he loves tacos. He goes, he loves tacos? Well, you also love ice cream. Does this person like ice cream? I don't know if he does, but let's talk about your favorite. Like, that was just a fun interview because he got to talk enough, but people have heard what his project would be on other shows. Having fun with the guests, and especially if they're cool with it, which Dirk is always cool with pretty much whatever. Uh, have you talked to him about Ghost, the band? Uh, we did. Well, I, brought, I know he's a big fan of Ghost. Yes, and I've talked to him about. Well, we talk about wrestling all the time. Like I've found. Oh, I could easily talk pro wrestling with. Well, anybody. I found within the geek. Well, first I was gonna say, do you think with um, my geek scene, did you fall on the word geek? Was nerd ever something of it? Nerd was never ever gonna be a portion. Do you of it. have a big differentiating between those two terms? Yes, I feel that nerds are generally. Um, and there's crossover. Don't get me wrong. Nerds focuses on nerds focus on the educational aspect, like sciences and whatnot, while geeks focus on pop culture and you know hobbies that they're really obsessed over. There was like a nice little webcomic that I saw that was explaining the difference between the two, and it's like, so what's the person that knows the difference between the two? They're called dorks. dorks. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that same I thing. I've seen that too. And but it summed it up perfectly, you know, and like. Granted, there's a lot of crossover. I have mad respect for sciences and whatnot because without it, uh, this world wouldn't be as advanced as we are. You know, and and yeah, and there is from what you said too. There is the the difference of them, but I do feel I'll interchange all the time. Half the time, I always I fall to tend towards nerd, um, but then like I'm like, man, I use nerd a lot in this show. I'm gonna quick say they're geek or whatever. A geek culture, and I, I, I rarely use dork, I guess. Nerd and geek, dumb, I, I go hand in hand. Yeah, when people are like, yeah, he runs a nerd culture, I'm like, and I, I will pull that, and I hate, no, actually, I love doing it to them, but I don't, I like, hate it when people do it, but I'm like, um, actually, I run a positive geek culture website. I don't run my nerd scene or my dork scene. It is my <laughs> geek scene, okay? Thank you. You know, it's, to me, 
I know geek could be a four-letter word for some people because, you know, obviously being called a geek back in the day, that wasn't something to be proud of. For me, I've always been like, oh, I love all this anime, comic books, video games. Yes! That's my trifecta. I used to call it my trifecta of dating repellent. That's my PG version right there. <laughs> uh, fortunately, my girlfriend's into all that stuff, too. Not so much anime, but she loves video games. Well, um, you then now found you found someone to break across the barrier. She's a Whovian, you know. She wants me to watch all the seasons of Doctor Who, and I'm like, honey... That'll take a while. I was like, could you watch Cowboy Bebop? She's like, I'll watch Cowboy Bebop with you if you watch Doctor Who. I was like, wait, 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 wait. That's not even a fair trade. I was like, let me get this straight. One's 26, the other one's 226. Thank you. Um, Seasons upon seasons upon seasons of different doctors and whatnot. I was like, that is not even close to being a fair trade. I'm certainly interested in maybe watching a season with her. You know, because, like, the 26 episodes, half hour apiece, tops, that ranges 13 hours, tops. While, and I'm pretty sure your Whovian friends on here like, um, actually, get it right. (laughs) But when you have lore upon lore upon lore um, compared to a 26 episode, it feels an unfair trade. I'm not opposed to watching Doctor Who. It's just we would have to sit down and find the time. And the thing is, I'm so busy with my full-time job being uh, my geek seems a full-time job on itself i have a full-time job too and a girlfriend it's hard to find time i barely how do you do it just being one person i at least have some co-hosts and i can't even imagine is it something you've ever thought of like if someone wanted to help you out and be part of it like i would be a staff like unpaid whatever but the thing is since i'm not making a crap ton of money off of this i can't pay anybody and i refuse absolutely refuse to offer Exposure is a form of payment. That's a huge slap in the face. Oh, you know, uh, my uh, website's been viewed by uh, over over 100,000 times over the span of the year. You know, to get you some big numbers. You know, people check out your stuff. That's bullshit. And I, normally, and I generally don't curse um, when I do interviews and stuff like that. But it's total bullshit. You should um, compensate people for their time. You know, don't use them as a means to an end. If they're doing something for you that's helping you out, at least buy them a meal or something or try to compensate them in some form or fashion. Do not offer exposure because exposure, I mean, I may be portly, I may have a big belly, but isn't from all the burgers that I've stuffed in my mouth from exposure bucks, you know? That's <laughs> it's bullshit, you know, and that's another thing. And another thing that don't haggle with artists, okay? If they're stating the price of what they want you to pay for like their commissioned art, don't haggle them down. Pay them for that, all right? They work hard to create the stuff that they do, and it's amazing what they can do with their talent. Don't haggle them out. Don't expect a discount. Now, if they're friends of yours and they offer a discount, I generally turn it down. But if they insist, then I'll take it, you know? But on the inside, I'm like, yes, discount, yes! (laughs) But I never, ever start off like, well, I did an interview with you. I gave you exposure. You should knock off, uh, I don't know, 20 bucks off that commission. No, pay them. Yeah. It's just, but back to, I've had plenty of people say to me, hey, I'd love to help out with my geek scene, but it, it always falls through. I had a sit-down meeting about this with two people who said they wanted to write for my website. And the thing is, I told them, I, like, I can't pay you because I'm not making much money out for this. And people... Wait, there's money in this? Yeah, I've made some money off of ad space and selling some photos. Nice. Well, then you're one step ahead of us because we... We just do it for the fun of it. I I do it 
for fun too, but I would like to turn this into a living if I possibly could. You know, I don't expect to be rich off of this. That's ridiculous. I would just like to live comfortable, you know, comfortably. But at the same time, uh, when people see that you're not going to pay them for the time and effort, I think their motivation goes down mm-hmm. exponentially. And plus, you know, I understand that people have, they're busy with their own lives and stuff like that. And I really don't like relying on other people to, um, uh, create stuff for me. However, with that being said, at the Grand Rapids Comic Con, I had a guest writer. I have had two, three guest writers total: uh, Jen LaDuke, um, Emily Auden, and uh, Tiffany. I want to say her last name is because uh, I looked at it. Ava Glaben, you know. And when you look at the last name, it looks like E Wigglebin, but it, I think it's Ava Glaben. So I want to say it's one of the Scandinavian pronunciations okay. of it, and. Uh, she offered to write a review for me for the Grand Rapids Comic Con. And I was like, I'm so busy this year. You know what? I'll take you up on the offer. Because generally, if I'm going to have an extra pass pass, because I only request for one, but if I have an extra one, I'm going to give it to a photographer who I work out a deal with. You know, like, look, just go take photos for me while I'm going to do interviews and stuff like that. Please. You know, that very rarely happens too, but I'll get you in for free um, in exchange for this. Uh, but. She th- reached out to me, and I'm like, you know what? I liked your review that you wrote for a different organization last year about the Grand Rapids Comic Con. I'll give you free reign. Here's a press pass, but here are the things you can't do with it. You know, we explained that, and uh, she wrote a very nice review. I mean, I, I had the final say in what gets to be included. I had to, you know, edit some portions out that I didn't feel flow with what I try to do with my geek scene. But it, it worked out, and I was very thankful for her, you know, to provide that. I mean, granted, yeah, that press badge was definitely less than a hundred bucks you know if you look at a street value for yeah like, you know the days that go in there but i think i've compensated her nicely for that and i made sure to plug the hell out of her uh business you know uh, in that article and uh plug her on facebook and stuff like that what's well as i say granted, yes that's exposure but you know what's a different dick- type someone's not asking you for it or, or in the way it's your terms you run the show and that's part of it where without getting paid, persistence. And it's our love of what we do that keeps us going. I've helped uh, a couple other podcasts start off. And I had thought some of them had a bit of a, you know, could be going in a direction of, of some things. Where I was like, I actually kind of enjoyed your guys' babble. It was a little bit kind of like me and my friends when we talk. Um, there was one show that they did a lot of, uh, they were smoking a lot while, while recording And it did get a little funny. I did say, though, what you guys need to do is not be having munchies when you're doing it. Because those rappers, I can clearly hear. Not because I know some other people that also have a smoke and a toke type of podcast. It's not for everyone, but if that's what you want to do and that's what you love and you want to get with your friends and do that, I'm all for them, you know, helping them out in the the aspect of what could make it a little more professional. And I was helping them out. Uh, What's sad to see is when, though, that persistence, that... Well, geez, now this is this is work. This is hard, and I'm not getting paid for it. it so they, a lot of them fail, and it is a lot of work. But I'm working towards making it into things. I've had good conversations, which the person I've the the individuals I've talked to have let me record it for like, you know, how to go about setting up interviews, how to monetize my site. You know, I always ask them ahead of time, "May I please record this?" You know, uh, photography rights. How much time do we have left? 
we have whatever, however much. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, sorry. Uh, I didn't know if there was a time frame on this because I tend to ramble and stuff like that, and most people don't really get to see that part of me when I do interviews and stuff. And I can tell you right now, this has already been my favorite interview so far because we're actually having a conversation and instead of me just doing the spiel. I can easily turn on the spiel portion, but I like to have conversations with people. So when you told me that, yeah, we'll definitely do a more in-depth thing, I was looking forward to it because... Um, I don't, I don't even do feel like I've scratched the surface of in depth of who you are, Joe. I mean, I could have gone into so many, so many things of us as kids and doing this and that. Um, Which I find that I'm getting dumber as I get older and older and older. You like, I forget some <laughs> things. Like people, are like, yeah, we went to high school together, and I'm looking at them like I do not remember you at all. And it's more along the lines of like you probably weren't on my shit list because like I will remember you, but. Uh, <laughs> If it's uh, like, yeah, we were friends, I'm like, uh, looking at their Facebook profile, I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I do have learned with many uh, people within the comic book realm or even like in, whatever, the nerd kingdom, the geek kingdom, is the appeal of wrestling. Oh, my goodness. I have like... It's pretty cool. There's a lot of them, and it's it's re-gotten my interest into wrestling again. There was a big chunk of growing up, and then not so much, and then high school, and then not so much, and then in co- like it almost came in spurts. I want to say thank you to you and okay. Matt, and I think your dad, too, because I went to that Raw with you guys at the Van Andel Arena oh, yeah. for when Stone Cold Steve Austin ran over, when The Rock was having a funeral for Stone Cold Steve Austin and Austin came in and ran over the hearse with his monster truck. I was there with you guys and like I was like, that was my first Raw ever and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing because I used to be a huge pro wrestling fan when I was a young kid, you know, Brett the Hitman Hart, Dino Bravo, even though Dino Bravo, like, that was a name that stuck out to me, but he wasn't, like, a big-time wrestler, if you look at it, and it's pretty sad that that dude ended up getting, they found him dead uh, execution style, like, someone, oh. uh, apparently he was doing drug running, and uh, he got popped in the back of his dome, and that's how they found him in his apartment or house, but little weird facts like that. Obviously, Hulk Hogan, I was a big Hulk Hogan fan as a kid, not so much now, but, um, brother, um, Savage would have been 65 uh, in the last... I saw something last, like, week or the other day. He would have been 65, and... I used... Yeah, that's it's sad that he passed away. But I used to bounce back and forth between um, WCW and WWF at the time. I was always a huge WWF fan. I was... Th- th- that sad little kid when Hulk Hogan got blinded by uh, Sergeant Slaughter, who threw a flash burn into his eyes. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he was blinded. I wrote out, like, a, a Get Well Soon card to Hulk Hogan, and I drew everything. And, like, I don't know if it ever reached him. I seriously doubt it, you know? But, like, at me, I was like, Get Well, Hulk, please! And, uh... Then I got out of wrestling, and then I got back into wrestling back in high school. Um, graduated in 99, I'm old. Um, and the thing that got me back into wrestling, it was this dude, his name was Mike. I forgot his last name. And he was telling me about how uh, Goldust was doing a spin on Marilyn Manson. It was Manson Dust. And I was like, whoa, I liked Marilyn Manson because I was a big fan of Marilyn Manson back in the day. Portrait of American Family, which was their first well-known LP. Not their Marilyn Manson the Spooky Kids album. That sucked horribly. My goodness, <laughs> I've listened to some of like the older stuff, the rarities, and sometimes the rarities just need to be um, left unfound. 
Uh, but anyways, uh, Portrait of American Family, I was a huge fan of that album. And then, like, when uh, Antichrist Superstar came out with The Beautiful People, that's when Marilyn Manson But I was like, I already know about this band. So a wrestler is doing a take on Marilyn Manson. Okay, so I brought went over to his house and watched Raw to see if uh, Manson Dust would come out. Manson Dust never did come back out, you know, when I started watching Raw again. But I got hooked. I was huge in the SmackDown. I mean, just WWE or WWF. And then when there was, I caught, like... A good portion of the Monday Night Wars between that and WCW. And then I found out about ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. <laughs> wow. And then ECW folded, WCW folded, you know, and I was watching WWF. Which you were also it. watching some weird house show. Was it Ring of Fire? Or was Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor. I was going to get into that. So, like, I fell, um, um, actually, don't, <laughs> don't cut me off, kid. <laughs> Don't cut me off. Let greatness talk here. No, it's <laughs> so terrible. But um, I fell out of like wrestling for a bit because I used to watch Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis. That's all. I was like, mm -hmm. this is what I'm going for. Like my brother's sister were hooked too. Then after a while, it just got boring because there was no longer any competition. And then I would always follow it online, like the dirt sheets, you know, and just check out of stuff. And then I found out about Ring of Honor which was uh, ran by, originally uh, owned by Kerry Silken. Well, yeah, Kerry Silken was the owner for the longest time, but it was booked by this uh, booker named Gabe Sapolsky, who used to learn under Paul Heyman in ECW. And I liked what they were doing, and it was like this underground thing that you, you they didn't really have a TV deal. I had to buy DVDs. I went to a Ring of Honor show and I, a few of them, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is like actually pro wrestling. Because I've always been a fan of pro wrestling and I treat it as a sport. Yes, I know it's prefabricated and stuff like that, like the results. But at the same time, the amazing athleticism displayed by a good portion of the athletes in there is awesome. Oh, the, well, the amount of bumps they really take. I've actually, uh, ding it chokes, I like jumped up and landed on my back on an actual ring. They have some spring but not as much as you would think that that would be like a trampoline. That kind of hurt. And I go, why the hell did I just do that? And I have massive respect for what the paresses have to go through with their bodies. I'm not like the it's still real to me, damn it, guy. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Look that up. Look up it's still real to me, damn it, wrestling. Okay. And there's this guy who's talking like Terry Funk and Jim Cornette. And he just has an emotional breakdown uh, telling them like how he appreciates what they do. You know, um, it's... It's hard. I mean, it's touching, but it's also funny at the same time. Um, especially look at the lady who's next to him, and she looks at the camera and just starts laughing and stuff. Like <laughs> I can't help but laugh at that. But the guy is really nice from what I understand. But I got into Ring of Honor, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I found out about PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. They have awesome stuff. And then Chikara. Chikara is amazing too, and like all this other stuff. And then I was, I've always known about like Japanese uh, wrestling federations, like Noah and um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and there was All Japan back in the day, and I'd appreciate for that stuff too because they definitely treat pro wrestling as a sport as a sport and they give massive respect to that in the Japanese culture and I've always been a big fan of like luchador stuff my friend you know Charlie Clapp don't you yeah so Charlie and I we would um two things uh on a weekly basis we would pay like I don't know 10 bucks for the TNA weekly pay-per-views when they were weekly pay-per-views before they, it became a thing on uh, Impact Television, stuff like that. We would fork out money to go check out 
TNA for like the X Division stuff, and that was always cool to watch. And I was like, well, there was one time you invited me over, and I didn't. It was know a Ring of Honor thing that I they invited you guys over. That, yeah. It was a Ring of Honor pay per view, and I, was I had like, no clue who any of these people were, but it was still it was enjoyable. And I was like, wow, there's a lot more outside of the big. Yeah, that that's the thing, on. and like I've always had a soft. I mean, not soft. I've always had a yeah soft spot in my heart for like the underground stuff, the indie stuff, um, because they. They're granted, yes, they're not performing in front of as big of a crowds, but they bust their asses try to put in as best of a match as possible. Well, depending on the on the thing. But back to Charlie, I would go to his uh, house on the weekends, like on Saturday, and we would watch like uh, the Luchador wrestling on Galavision, um, <laughs> CMLL, Triple A, Central Me- Central Mexico Lucha Libre, and I don't know what Triple A stands for, but um, I had no idea what they're saying. But we were watching the pro wrestling from that, and it was amazing uh, the acrobatic maneuvers that these luchadors would do. And the crowd would like watch it, like wow. It'd probably get one replay, but you threw in a nut shot into that. They had five replays of the nut shot from different angles, and Charlie had described what was called nut shot technology, where they would take the little pen on the screen, point to like the angle of where the blow blow <laughs> went, you know, and like that. It just it always amazed me like amazed me how like they had like they would awesome uh 450 splash out out into the audience well not in the audience but you know yeah um on the ground before the audience doesn't get a second thought nut shot five replays in a row and i'm like what this this is wow and i liked what about uh the luchadors uh down there it's like they had a face ref I don't know how baby face ref, the good ref, and they had a a heel ref too, both in the same ring for like these ten man matches, and I'm like, what? You know, what's what's funny is to, as I was saying, that it it brings there's a lot of it within the geek culture, but there's I know I'm trying to explain this to anyone outside though, they just don't get it. They're just like, what? Well, that stuff's uh, it, fake. Yes, it, I know that. And I someone I don't know who said it, but someone said it best of. It's like a male soap opera. Yes, I would. And hope. I'm like a hundred percent. It's it's for the writing. It's for the storylines. Now I will say they shit on half those storylines sometimes, which is what really turns me off. And then I'll Same stop here. watching for a couple months, and then hear one good thing, and then get back into it. But there's always something about wrestling that has been it's been a thing of my life. And did, have you watched the Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty? I have not yet. Holy cow, I went over to visit a friend who I haven't seen forever. She goes, and I forget that she actually liked wrestling, finding girls uh, within geek culture and stuff. It's not rare, I'd say. It's There's a lot more females that are coming out and, and being positive about being geeks and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 another thing when I wasn't expecting to go over there and she's like, yeah, I want to watch this. Like, oh, wait, you like wrestling too? Holy shit, yeah, let's watch this. It was really good, and after that, it, t- it was... Another hour of us going down our phones and showing each Bam or uh, Buff Bagwell, like <laughs> when he used to have that giant hat on, or Buff then the Daddy. the Steiner, the Steiner brothers when one of them got like huge roided out and had that chain mail. Well, like, that was uh, that was um, Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner, big Papa Pump, yeah, the big yep. bad booty daddy. And we were just looking. <laughs> No, and we went to a, a website of Big Scooty Booty or something, or it, it was, or Big, yeah, it was... Big Booty Daddy? Yeah, maybe that. And we're just like, holy shit, these guys were like huge then, and now they're kind of selling workout DVDs, and 
doing house shows. Scott Steiner does have a workout DVD, and like I think at one point he's bench pressing a lady, you know. Uh, but like I briefly talked to him at the Motor City Comic Con in 2015. I mean, I didn't get in line to, uh, you know, buy an autograph. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Thank you, sir, for all that you do. Keep doing your thing." He's like, "Thanks, brother," you know. And the thing is, like, I've I've decided to no longer go approach a wrestler at a um at a Comic Con. It's just like, you know what? No, I've had two awkward uh, interactions <laughs> with wrestlers. Like, I think I know they're not all that way, but like, if you're not paying them, they're probably you know they're, they're like, yeah, whatever, kid, be on your way. You know, mm-hmm. I have plenty of people that can pay me and tell me <laughs> yeah. that they love my work. You know, so I won't name names, but I've had some awkward uh, interactions, and I'm like. Because I don't, I just want to go tell a person, like, hey, thank you, I appreciate this, and then be on my way. I don't believe, like, for myself, and I know it's like, well, you go to comic book conventions all the time, you shouldn't be seeing this. For me personally, I don't place any value on getting, an, uh, paying someone for their signature or to take a photo with them. That just, it's never done anything for me to take a photo with somebody. Like, if I'm fortunate enough to interview them, I have a memory on tape of me interviewing that person and hopefully having a good interview with them. Mm-hmm. That's what means more to me is that little personal interaction instead of like, oh my God, I got an autograph or I got to take a photo with this person for a fee. You know, it's just, I understand that, yes, the guests are there to make money and they have to make money, you know, because being at a convention for like two to three days, that's taking time away from them, from their families and to possibly do jobs and stuff like that. I get it. It's a business. Plus you have the agents who are like, pushing them to get as many autographs as possible because the agents get a cut of that too. That I understand. But at the same time, it's just I'd rather just have like a personal moment with that person and then be on their way. Be on my way. One of the things before we wrap up... Uh, oh, we're wrapping I w- up. <laughs> yeah, of course we're going to have to. Um, I mean, I could talk to you for hours. We talk multiple other times. You can also be a guest on my show whenever you want to be because I just love chatting with people about tons of things. We could talk about... You know, I'll gladly come back on wrestling at any point in time. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask because we uh, at Dragon Comics uh, started just doing these things of booze in a book, and that was a big thing for us where we take a random comic book and we'd pair it with what we think would be the best booze to either reading it or something that brought up. But I don't drink alcohol. It doesn't matter if you drink alcohol or just not, souls. you know what alcohol is, what's strong, what's not. So we're just gonna pick the, the book. Uh, Berserk, what would you pair that with? What do you think would be a good drink? What's that noise? That's my ghost in my house. (laughs) You said the ghost in the house says, where's my sandwich (laughs) in the background? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, What is, like, one of the most strongest liquors out there? Absinthe? I was about to say absinthe. So, all right, absinthe would be paired with berserk because, but doesn't absinthe give you, have hallucinogenic properties too? Yeah. I wouldn't say, well, yeah, you know what? Berserk and absinthe. Okay. I was going to say anything of of that realm. I mean, Everclear maybe better. No, absinthe just did knock you on your ass. uh, Yeah. Wait, it wasn't Everclear. Everclear is like also like a hundred and eighty no, proof. Wasn't that a band too? Yeah. <laughs> besides the ocean, the world is that 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 was the that, band, right? That, or was that Evergreen? That's. I think it's Everclear. Well, there's Everclear. There's the band like uh, AM Radio and Father of Mine. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That. Um, yes. So yes. No. Actually, Berserk with the band Everclear. That's what we should pair those two. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's the that's that's what I want. Not the drink Everclear, but the band Everclear pair with Berserk. Can I do that? Yes. I'm gonna okay. do that anyways. Alright, okay, you did it. I did it. Um last three questions. Uh what do you want to talk about? What are you working on and what do you want to tell your fans? We already talked about stuff. I'm kidding, I'm using your three last time. Oh my goodness. Oh you, <laughs> you didn't even realize you did your research, sir, and I appreciate <laughs> that. Um even though I've been squeaking in this damn chair this entire time. I am so sorry for that. Um What's, well, the, my question is, what's new that you can talk about? Well, currently, my geek scene is um, currently on break. I might hit up, I believe I'll hit up a toy show in Kalamazoo, but I did 30 events for this year alone by myself. And um, I'm on a bit of a break to recharge my batteries and to work on other things that I've neglected. Granted, being a one-man band, I do get a lot of work done, but I would love to have help, but it is what it is. You know, I don't like relying on people to get stuff done for me on the time frame that I set for myself. Mm -hmm. I have a very strict schedule. They're like, you got to get this done here. Doop, doop, doop. Knock it out. You know. So, um, there isn't really much going on. I'm going to start introducing some new features to my geek scene. Oh, I want to throw this out there, too. Uh, for you fans that have um, geek-related and pop culture tattoos, I have a geek tattoo gallery on my website under the section Geeks in Ink. And if you'd love to um, provide, uh, submit a, your, a photo of your tattoo, all I ask is that you submit a photo of your tattoo, what it is and what it means to you. Because what's really important to me is what the tattoo means to the person. Because I feel that tattoos, most tattoos have stories, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I got a dick on my forehead because I was drunk. All right, that's still a story. <laughs> yeah. But... You know, what the meaningful... How much did you drink to think that would be a good idea? <laughs> One shot of Sprite, sir. One <laughs> shot of Sprite. No alcohol. But anywho, uh, but I just... I, I'm hoping to get that more off the ground, you know, so that way people can feel like they're connected with my geek scene. You know, I don't have this... Uh, delusions of grandeur like oh my god i'm gonna be the one-stop shop for michigan but it's just like i want people to come in feel like they're welcome and have a good time you know and share a part of themselves so that other people are like oh i want to share that too because when i find that people that have geek related interests and you find that about uh find that out about them you start talking to them um if they're cool about that they'll start perking up and like they'll talk your ear off dude you know and that's the sort of thing i'm aiming for Next question. What were the questions? I don't know. It was, well, they're your last questions, so answer your own questions. Again. <sighs> I so guess if people I want... I quick jotted them down. All right, so what's new? Them. So um, if people wanted to f um, find out more about me online, you can go to www.mygeekscene.com. It's M-I for Michigan. We probably should have stated that at the beginning, but oh well. But I also, you can type in M-I or M-Y geek scene. I uh, own both of them. So it's M-I-G-E-E-K-S-C-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-
uh, Kevin, who used to be on the show's bachelor party, and this girl randomly in front of Pyramid Scheme goes, drunk on comics? And we are like, what the fuck? She recognized our voices. And she was a fan of ours. That was the biggest surreal moment ever. Besides being at a convention show where people would come up and maybe know us, being out at a bar for a bachelor party, someone knowing, and now she's part of our, our show. So don't think you don't. It is good to be humble. I have to be humble. I do I do know that I have some fans. It just feels weird to me saying that because um, I appreciate all the support that I get. Like Oddly enough, I had that same similar situation happen in January earlier this year. I was talking to this group from, um, I want to say, Ohio? Uh, about what I do for my geek scene and this dude named Zach came out of nowhere. It's like, oh my God, are you Joe from my geek scene? And it's like, <laughs> I love your website. And I was like, I looked at him. I was shocked. And I was like, thank you so much for your support. And after he left, I was like, I promise you, I did not pay him to say that. But it was like such great timing. I was like, whoa. And I ran into some, this, I was at an event uh, recently and this uh, young cat, he was like, Oh my god! I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. And I'm like, what? It's like I I I know your website and I follow it. I can't believe it. I was like, dude, I'm just a dude that does things from time to time. It's like <laughs> I'm nobody special. So it's like I have to keep it humble. I can't, you know, I don't like people that are, are super cocky. I really just yeah that doesn't appeal to me. I'm like yeah yeah you're good for you, but at the same time it's I have to be humble. But at the same time I recognize my accomplishments and what I've done, and I am proud. Of a lot of my accomplishments. A lot of my work I hate when I look at it after I get done. Like I look at some of my interviews, like, yeah, I had a pretty damn good interview with that person, but I'd like, oh, I should have asked this instead. I should have mm-hmm. followed up on that. But I still appreciate all the accomplishments that I do. So for all my fans out there, and I'm doing that with quotation marks, I humbly and gratefully appreciate all the support uh, that you folks have given me throughout these past few years that I've been doing my geek scene, and I hope that you continue following me as I try to chase my crazy dream of trying to make this into a real thing for me. So, folks, and I'm putting my hands together in prayer position. I completely appreciate all of you. Well, Joe, I appreciate you coming into uh, my den of of nerdage, my messy uh, podcast recording room, and uh, talking to us. I hope this was a learning experience for you because uh, what I learned is you talk with your hands a lot. <laughs> yes. People at home, I never noticed that about you until oh, now. Oh, I do talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that, but you know, this was fun. I mean, I'll have to say by far, you are now on, this is one of my favorite interviews that I've actually, this is one of my favorite interviews. This was a good conversation. And for someone who works their ass off to make sure that the guests have good interviews, I will give you some praise. Granted, you've done no research on me, and that disappoints me. Well, also, you know, though, I do know some other things that I wouldn't ever find on but the internet. The, the fact that you didn't do any research on me disappoints me. But okay, I, I went in my memory and thought about some things uh, that I knew. I'll let it slide, kid. I'll let it slide, because, you know, you, you came to Joe for my geeks with the goods. No, but I really did enjoy this, and I appreciate you having me on, and I would gladly return again in the future, not putting you on the spot if you would gladly have me. And I'm glad... Um, that I'm actually on break that I could actually have time to do this because if it was like on the weekend, there'd be no way I'd be gone at some event. We would have to do it at an event. So thank you so much, Tony. I really appreciate this. This was this was really fun. Well, thank you, Joe. And everyone, stay thirsty for more events going up on mygeekscene.com. <laughs>